0: Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game, and this is another one of our first look episodes at the new deluxe expansion, The Path to Carcosa. My name's Frank. And today, as ever, I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. How's it going? Yes, it's very good, thank you. I don't have to make you pick a number this time, because
1: you've already picked four. I have indeed, yes. Let's let's dive into the the survivors. Right. So, do you want me to start? Yeah, go on. Go ahead.
0: So, our new survivor investigator is William Yorick, the gravedigger. And he's warden-treated, which I think is the first time we've had a warden which I quite like. He has 3 Willpower, 2 Intellect, 4 Combat, and 3 Agility. So he's a little bit like Roland's stat line, but with the Intellect and the Agility switch round. He's got 8 Health and 6 Sanity. And he has a reaction. After you defeat an enemy, play an asset from your discard pile, paying its cost, limit once per round, Elder Sign effect plus 2, If this test is successful, return one card from your discard pile to your hand. Flavour text, I am but a simple player in this drama. But if I am lucky, I'll live to see the curtains fall. What do you reckon, Peter?
1: His start line straight away says well-rounded. Yeah. Because we can, I mean, three willpower is bad, three agility isn't bad. He's got a slight tilt towards combat, but with having more health, which you typically typically see in the more combat-orientated Investigators and then yeah. for combat, which is which is pretty decent. Yeah, and as we can see there from his
0: reaction trigger, it's about defeating enemies. So if you build a like sort of evadey, survivor William, you're not going to get very many triggers of that
1: reaction at all. So you need to have ways of defeating enemies in your deck. I I, I really like his ability. I think it's potentially very strong. I think. Yeah, if you build the deck right, there's lots of interesting stuff you could bring back from the discard. And if you con- when you're considering yeah. stuff that you might be bringing back repeatedly, say yeah, the 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 uh, the man with the red gloves, the red glove man. Yeah, because it's not it it's not it's the red red gloved man. It's not man. an item
0: asset, is it? Yeah, and like scavenging. An asset. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So s-
1: say leather jackets as well. You could be bringing back.
0: My first thought was baseball bats. If you'd lost a baseball bat, this is a sort of uh, safety as well
1: to bring back a, a baseball bat. And, and any item which you discard to have for it to have an effect, it works well here, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, so let's take a look at the back of his card and see his deck
1: building requirements because that might lead us down interesting avenues. Deck size 30, which is... What we're used to, although, as we've seen through Carcosa, it's not universal. We've got the deck building option. Survivor cards, level 0 to 5. Neutral cards, level 0 to 5. Isn't a surprise. Guardian cards, level 0 to 2. Wow. And then deck building requirements. Do not count towards deck size. Bury them deep. Graveyard ghouls. And one random basic weakness. I'm willing to take a punt and say graveyard ghouls is... A weakness, and furthermore, is an enemy weakness, which would be very interesting. Which would be our first, right? Yeah, our the first, first one we've seen.
0: Signature enemy weakness, as opposed to basic weakness that happens to be an enemy.
1: Yeah, so I think this is a cool card pool as well. Actually, the guardian cards. I like the survivor cards. I do like quite a lot of the level one guardian cards as well. So there's stuff you can pick up, like you know, upgraded beat cop. It can have machete, yep. which is nice in a in a fighting build. Brother Xavier, vicious blow, level two or level zero? Yeah, some of the other cards, in fact, from this set, which we've seen. Yeah, Brother Xavier is a good one, uh, especially for someone who wants to be bringing someone back. As as is Beat Cop, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, these are these are cards that have effects that discard them, aren't they? It it really um it kind of blew my mind a bit because I think from the core set, I'd always thought of Survivor as being. Not exactly the opposite of Guardian, but sort of a long way away on the colour wheel or pie or whatever you want to call it. Because Survivor was Wendy and it was, you know, with rogue cards. And then Guardian was Roland and it was sort of Guardian and Seeker were a pair. And so, yeah, this idea that you'd sort of mash those two together and end up with William Yorick is potentially really exciting.
1: So, So my memory of his... His backstory is that he is a gravedigger who keeps the town safe from ghouls who dig up and eat the bodies of the recently yeah. buried. So it's it's a nice, I uh, feel like his main class is survivor, because he's an actor. Yes, he's an actor, exactly. So with with a, a suspiciously appropriate name for an actor, especially a, yeah. Sha- a Shakespearean actor, who, who took a job as a gravedigger. So that sort of brings in the survivor aspect of it, where he's a regular person thrust into the world of the mythos didn't go looking for a fight and yet has taken it upon himself to defend the town from these creatures which brings in the more guardian side of it so i quite like that i think it ties in very well to his theme here it's yeah it seems it seems really tight
0: there and then when you look at his stack line again that three will is is pretty good but the particularly the four combat and three agility i can see that firing off both survivor cards and guardian cards really nicely.
1: So I, I, I've certainly gone more guardiany. I've, I've 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 become more fond of the guardian faction as I've played through Dunwich. Yeah, and seeing Yorick, his stat line, his ability, and his deck building options, I'm really keen to try him now. I think he's probably top of the list of survivors. I want to I want I want to build decks for.
0: I thought with Pete that. There was a real chance for a sort of combat-oriented survivor because Duke gave you access to additional damage from the first turn of the game. But then you look at Yorick and think, okay, he has an ability that specifically triggers off killing enemies. And it made me, yeah, really want to go down that route. Right, let's look at um, his signature cards. Shall I do Bury Them Deep? Yes, please. Yeah, please do. So, this is Bury Them Deep. It is a signature event, zero cost, has willpower, combat, and wild icons. A really nice combination. It's task-traited, William Yorick deck only. Fast, I know that you love a fast card, I always love a
1: fast card, yeah.
0: Play after a non-elite enemy at your location is defeated. Add that enemy and this card to the victory display. Though this be madness, yet there is method in it. William Shakespeare, Hamlet, and importantly at the bottom
1: of the card, victory One. So this, uh, on the surface of this, it's a way of the, the base use really is turning any enemy you fight into a victory point enemy or an additional yeah. victory point because it will give you a victory point. Yeah, there's nothing that stops you from playing on enemy that also gives you a victory point. I would suspect that most enemies that do give you victory points are also elite, though. Uh, I'm sure there are some that aren't.
0: Yes, there are some that aren't. Even in the core set, uh, the Icy Ghoul and the Flesh Eater, they're not elite. Oh, right, okay. Um, But they have victory points. And, you know, none of the cultists in Midnight Masks are elite, but they all have victory points.
1: So we already know that the victory point cards, like Delve Too Deep in the player decks, are really good. Those extra victory points really stack up over the course of a campaign. And actually, yeah. this doesn't have the downsides that Delve Too Deep does. It doesn't. It's not a dead card if you don't want to play it, because it's got icons. It's free, it's fast, and you don't have to draw encounter cards to get the victory point. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a really good card. If what you want to be doing with Yorick is killing enemies
0: to get triggers of your ability so you can pull you know you're doing some kind of shenanigans with with using you know pulling back a beat cop from your discard pile or pulling back uh, an empty flashlight from your discard pile from killing enemies this is just an ad- additional bonus for doing what you're already doing that all it costs you is a card it doesn't doesn't cost you anything else the other thing i really like about this is it says play after a non-elite enemy at your location is defeated not after you defeat the enemy oh
1: yeah i hadn't noticed that there yeah that's very
0: powerful if you're if you're playing with anyone else who you know you're playing even with a a seeker who plays i've got a plan and and kills an enemy you can just (laughs) sling this in as well just to to get a point
1: well, the other thing I was going to say, I don't know whether you were about to say this as well, is that adding a, uh, an enemy to the victory display it has its own benefits that it then takes that enemy out of whatever deck it was in. So if you've got... I, an example off the top of my head is something like the Wizard of the Order in uh, Midnight Masks because you, that's yep. quite a slim encounter He also deck. turns up in the train as well. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. Uh, and uh, Wizard of... Um, Midnight Masks especially, sorry... That has quite a slim encounter deck, and I've gone through that at least once when I've been playing. And you start to see yeah, definitely. things like the uh, extracurricular activities, you know, you're burning through the deck there for for other reasons. And what you could do with this is take a nasty enemy out the deck permanently. So if there's something yeah. you don't want to keep on encountering, boom, it's gone, it's in the victory display. And it, And further, <laughs> if you've got a weakness enemy, as we suspect William Yorick has, and there's basic weaknesses that are enemies as well, that's then gone out of your deck. Yeah. You know, the stubborn detective, then if you're having to reshuffle your deck for whatever reason, he's not coming back in. Yeah. Because it's possible, right, that you
0: that you have an, an uncomfortable situation where it's one of the last cards you draw and then you finish your deck, reshuffle your deck, and then it's one of the first cards you draw and you end up having to deal with a, an enemy weakness twice in a very short period of time just through bad luck. This it sort of ensures that that doesn't happen. And again, you could do that if someone else has an enemy weakness in their investigator deck, you can use it on that as well. I
1: think this is just doing nothing to dissuade me from playing playing William.
0: The, the final point I thought that was interesting about this is is Exile. And that as we've seen in the Survivor class, they have a lot of cards that are powerful, but they you spend an experience to use them and then they have one use. So Flare, Fire Extinguisher, Stroke of Luck. The, the downside to those cards is that because they potentially only get one use and then they're gone, you don't necessarily want to invest in them because you're worried that you should be saving your experience for more powerful things. But if you're regularly getting more experience than the average Personario because you're always adding in at least one from Bury Them deep, that starts to make those Exile cards look really appealing because oh, I've got an extra experience. I've got the three I normally would have got, but I've got this extra one. Oh, I'll just, I'll spend it on a, you know, another flare, another fire extinguisher, whatever it is. Yeah. So let's see if these
1: Graveyard Ghouls are indeed an enemy. They are indeed an enemy. So I'll, let, let, let me have a look at this one. This is Graveyard Ghoul's weakness. It's got three fight, or they have three fight, three health, and then two agility, which isn't Far removed from the ones, the basic weaknesses that are enemies. It's a humanoid monster ghoul that's prey. William Yorick only, hunter. While graveyard ghouls is engaged with you, cards cannot leave your discard pile. Hell is empty and all the devils are here. William Shakespeare, The Tempest, and that's one, the uh, one damage of one horror. It does. Okay. Wow. It's it's pretty standard for an enemy weakness uh, compared to some of the other ones we've seen. Yeah, and as discussed, we we like we like enemies in William Yorick because it helps trigger yeah. his ability. Yeah. So the fact that you put an extra one in your deck isn't necessarily a bad thing.
0: Yeah, with a you know a swing from a machete or a bullet from a forty five and a vicious blow, you can just one shot these guys. And noticing that they're monster treated, so you could play if it bleeds
1: afterwards and heal a horror for everyone, which is quite nice. Here's a question for you, Frank: What happens if I run out of deck when the graveyard ghouls are engaged with me.
0: Is shuffling, reshuffling your deck and taking a horror and making it into a new deck? Is that cards actually leaving your discard pile, uh,
1: or is that just? I would say so. Yes. Forced.
0: Okay, we'll have to find
1: out. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Because cannot usually takes precedence, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: I'd say that the the. F- Forced effect that when you draw a card in the upkeep phase, and if you don't have cards left, you take a horror and you reshuffle your deck. That's it's not quite the same as cards leaving your discard pile from scavenging or William Yorick's ability. Yeah, maybe, but but maybe maybe I'm wrong. um So I like I like the ghouls as an, an enemy. It increases the likelihood that William Yorick has something to fight which he wants it could potentially mean that he gets a bit rushed by enemies if he draws some off the encounter deck and he happens to draw into this early on. And that's definitely got to be factored in. You compare him to Ashkampit or Wendy, who both quite like seeing their weaknesses early because they're out of the way then. And they don't, you know... Wendy seeing her weakness early is great because she just takes two horror and doesn't lose any cards. And then she doesn't need to worry about it for the rest of the scenario. So seeing this guy early could be very irritating if you haven't got a weapon out early or you're not quite in a position where you've got time to punch them to pieces
1: yeah but otherwise i like
0: it and i'm also i have in the back of my head aquina level three and what you really want for aquina level three is two enemies and this adds to your likelihood of having more enemies around that aquina can do things to which i think is good it's an edge case but one i like
1: Okay, shall we start to look at the actual cards? Let's. The first
0: card is... Lantern. It's a two-cost asset with an intellect icon. It's item and tool traded and takes up one hand slot. It's got two actions. The first action is investigate. Bold investigate action. Your location gets minus one shroud for this investigation. And then the second action is discard Lantern deal 1 damage to an enemy at your location this action does not provoke attacks of opportunity okay
1: yeah uh, this is good isn't mm. it this is like a it's like a slightly tweaked flashlight
0: yeah it's sort of halfway between flashlight and and magnifying glass but yes. you have to use the ability on lantern you can't it doesn't combine with other sort of intellect boosts in the way that magnifying glass is just a passive boost But we know that lowering the difficulty of a test is almost always better than just boosting your own statistic,
1: which seems good. Yeah. And then I think the automatic damage is always good as well. So it it gives you... So with Flashlight, we, we play it and then we use it three times until it's gone or until there's no point collecting clues. With Lantern, you play it, you use it as much as you need, and then it turns into an automatic pip of damage. Admittedly, for an action,
0: yeah, but also admittedly testless, which I think is quite nice if you've you've up against quite a big enemy with an odd number of health points and you manage to land one hit and get it two down and then sling the lantern rather than testing again to try and hit it, it's quite nice I think that's good i I really like it and and it, in fact, it's one that works well with Yorick if it's in your
1: bin, it's a two cost asset that you can put into play if you can defeat an enemy so Yorick could use the lantern to defeat a one health enemy and then replay the lantern subsequently, couldn't he? Uh will the lantern have
0: hit his discard pile by
1: the time he you, triggers his reaction? Don't you pay question pay costs first, resolve the costs and then resolve the action.
0: Yeah, and the reaction trigger is after you defeat an enemy. Yeah. So you would throw the lantern and discard it, it would go to your discard pile. It's not a test, so it's not sort of floating in the ether until the test is completed the enemy's then defeated and then after that you could then
1: trigger yeah that's nice yeah yeah I think that I mean I'd probably not worth it for a one health enemy because you know Yorick could just punch it yeah but again if it's say the last point of health on a bigger enemy I think that's quite nice
0: yeah that that I think that's the occasion when it's good or if there were if there were ever a five fight one health enemy yeah yeah that yeah yeah, yeah. to sort of tangle with and that can be tricksy you can hit it for one
1: testlessly which is nice okay what's the next card so we've got the gravedigger shovel well i'm already thinking of william yorick when i look at this <laughs> yeah. it's a two cost asset uh, with one combat icon it's an item tool weapon melee and it has action fight you get plus two fist for this attack and then it has action discard gravedigger shovel discover one clue at your location and it's a hand slot i knew i should have but i couldn't stop digging Again, I, I think this is decept- wow. deceptively strong. Actually, the fact it's <laughs> it's just a shovel is is making me, I think, rate it less than I would if it was something showier. But I, I think it's good. Plus two fight for an attack. So so it's a it's a combination of a knife and a uh, working a hunch, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, with an action, yeah. It's a combination of a knife and a, an art student.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a weapon in a pinch and then it, it it turns into an automatic clue, which is really good, as we know, you know, at any location. So a location with a locked door or something like that or a shroud or a obscuring fog or something.
0: Yeah. Listener, go back and
1: take everything we just said about
0: testless damage for the lantern and insert it here for testless clue discovery for the shovel. It's it's the same thing, right? It's that, that clutch third action when you just need that final clue to, I don't know, advance a, the act or be able to move on from a location. You can just, one action, discard this. Ideally, later you can kill an enemy and get the shovel back. Well, if if you're Yorick, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I think Yorick really likes this. How do you feel about a fight action that's not giving
1: you any bonus damage? I mean, yeah, it's it's not ideal, is it? Because... Yeah, it's not ideal, but if if you could easily put this alongside machete in Yorick, or pretty much any other weapon, just to yeah. balance yourself out of it. I think plus two fight is, is pretty powerful, means that even someone like Wendy isn't going to mind using this, because that yeah. boosts her up to a, a relatively reasonable fight skill, so she can at least take a pop at something.
0: And Yorick, Yorick is swinging at six with this, so it's a really nice secondary weapon for those odd points of damage. You know, with the machete, he's swinging at five. With this, he swings at six. So it's that's pretty reasonable
1: as well. Yeah. I almost feel it's it's, it's just worth it just for the clue ability is, is, is what I'm trying to get at. At the risk of running down that action cost
0: labyrinth, you've paid two to put it down and then you've paid another action to get the clue. I think if you could get multiple uses out of it from killing enemies, so saving the future actions, I think that's when it becomes really strong that's that's what i'd be aiming for this raises an interesting question for me just a side point um would you run Fire axe in yorick and my thought is maybe not because you actually want resources in your pool so that if you happen to kill an enemy you've got enough resources and at least one asset in your bin that you can bring back into play
1: yes yeah absolutely that the the alternative might be if you're running a deck which has very low cost assets so or or free assets the likes of leather coat, I can't think of many more zero cost assets. Rabbit's foot, rabbit's foot for one. Yeah, well, no, I mean it would have to be zero because you you need to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, get... I thought it just
0: meant low cost. Yeah. So
1: I've had this problem in Zoe when I've tried to run Fire Act Zoe. It means cards like If It Bleeds and Evidence are a lot harder to get to stick.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You go broke
1: to get that last extra point of damage,
0: and then you can't then fire those those special actions afterwards. If we ever see a card in Guardian or in Survivor that allows you to gain a resource for killing an enemy, that could be really powerful. Hmm. Okay, moving on. The next card is Hiding Spot. It's a one-cost event and has two agility pips, which makes me think of... uh, I'm out of here. Fast, attach Hiding Spot to any location. Each non-elite enemy at attached location gains Aloof. Forced, at the end of the enemy phase, if a ready enemy is at attached location, discard hiding spot. Flavour text, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, which is great. And it's tactic and trick
1: traded. So tactic means that Mark can pick this up, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is an interesting Would one. Would he want to? Yeah. Well, that's, that's that's a good question. It's an interesting one. It feels like... Building up a suite of survivor cards, or part of a suite of survivor cards that manipulate how and where things move. So, along with lieu, for yeah. instance. So I'm I'm moving enemies around. I'm um, evading them automatically. There's clever uses of this. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how this this works. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's it's interesting. I wonder whether you could have a situation where you're you're evading a particular enemy. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to give it some thought. <laughs> Maybe see it yeah. in play. So it's stuff like... stuff Because because what's important to remember is that if an enemy gains aloof, it doesn't disengage from anyone it's engaged with. Yeah? Oh, is that true? Yeah, I, I don't see why it would. We haven't seen enemies gaining aloof, really, have we? No, no,
0: no, no. What it does is that it if there's an enemy in a location that you want to move through...
1: Yes. No, but even then, because you have to move into the location. Yeah, and, and an aloof enemy won't engage you then. But if, if, there, if there's an enemy at a location you need to move through, you move into the location. Yeah, but you can attach hiding spot there before you get there. It's attached hiding spot to any Oh, it's location. any location. Right, okay. It's not your location. Right. Okay, okay, okay. It makes more sense now. It is interesting, though. I think it's, it's what we've, the mistakes we've made might be mistakes people make when they look at the card. The other thing is that when you draw a card off the enemy deck, or off the encounter deck, rather... If it doesn't have spawn instructions, it spawns engaged with you. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether it's aloof or not. No, it doesn't... Yes, it doesn't matter whether it's aloof if it doesn't have spawn instructions because it'll just spawn, engage with you. Yeah. Right. So
0: I had a situation where I think this card could have been really useful... I was playing Where Doom Awaits as Wendy, and I drew one of the just the basic thralls. They're the ones that are 222 with retaliate, spawn location with most clues. And I didn't have any suitable spot to put it, so I just put it on ascending path. I didn't want to put it on Sentinel Peak, and I couldn't, I didn't want to put it on me, so I put it on ascending path. I then got to the point where I was coming up to ascending path, and I had to decide am I going to try and move up, evade? deal with it. I think I had a sneak attack in hand so I was going to evade and then sneak attack and I then drew paranoia so I had no resources so I couldn't do that. I needed to get up to ascending path and find the altered paths. So I actually spent quite a long time moving around a thrall that I really didn't want to deal with. I didn't, I think I had a fire axe but I didn't have the resources to reliably kill it. There was always something else going on basically. I would have loved to have been able to sling this down, move in, find another altered location and move out again and not have to deal with the thrall at all, that, that to me would have been really useful.
1: Here's another question. The, the cultists in Midnight Masks, are they elite or not? They're not. So there's what what do people call the, the parachute drop of, of cultists in uh, The Devourer Below. This would be a very use- wow. useful useful yeah. card, there, wouldn't it? Because you just dive straight through that central location into the victim yeah. site,
0: wow. And you can attach it. Or how does how does massive and aloof work? Oh god. Could you use it on the broods?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, good question. I don't think so, actually, because massive just says you're considered engaged with all enemies at your location.
0: Yeah.
1: Fine. Because you you, you actually can't engage a massive enemy. That's
0: true. You're just considered engaged. Hiding spot is, in conclusion, a weird card that we are both struggling to get our heads around, and it'll be really interesting to see if it, where it can be found, what kind of role it can have, and whether it's just a sort of entirely situational card or whether there's actually some very useful ability that we've not. (gasps) I've had an idea. (laughs) Come on, play hiding. You're playing Mark Harrigan. You play hiding spot. The, uh, on another location, the enemy's aloof. You move into that location, so the enemy doesn't engage you because it's aloof. Oh, you still need to engage enemies to attack them, though. Yeah. I was going to say shoot, shoot them with the Springfield because they've not engaged you.
1: Yes, you. you but you can't because they're it, aloof. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> so it's just okay. like a sniper spot for for Mark.
0: it's like shooting from his little place under the stairs.
1: Yeah. It's a, I. I think it's. It's. A, it's maybe a car as well that. Someone with Adaptable, so Wendy, for instance, who can pick up Adaptable, could swap something yeah. like this in, uh, depending yeah. on whether a particular scenario will benefit from it. Right, l- yeah. let's move on, because we've sort of rambled on for a bit about about and yeah. Spot.
0: What is the last Survivor card?
1: So interestingly, unlike all of the other factions, this card doesn't cost experience. Oh, that is interesting. So this is resourceful. Uh, it's a skill. It has... An odd collection of icons for a for a skill card it's got intellect, combat, and agility, and it's innate. It says if this skill test is successful, choose a survivor card not named resourceful in your discard pile. Add the chosen card to your hand
0: wow, I quite, I, quite okay, like, I like the art
1: as well which is someone it is very it's a very survivory art as well, which is someone diving for a pair of hedge trimmers it's great
0: looks wonderful. Super flexible with all those different icons. Although not
1: going to make a huge amount of difference to your skill check because it's three disparate icons. Yeah. I'd prefer a, a plus one intellect and
0: passing by zero to get a card back than the scavenging thing, which is you need to pass by two to to get only an item back. This feels a lot broader
1: than, than scavenging. Although bear in mind, it is only survivor cards.
0: Yeah, so you, you probably want to take this in a specifically a, you know fairly survivor card heavy build. Imagine taking this in Yorick and you've discarded your, um, your lantern to kill an enemy or you've discarded your shovel to get a clue and then there aren't any other enemies around and you'd actually like the shovel back because maybe it's a bit of a lull in the scenario. You'd like to replay it. This is really useful. You're doing an investigation check and pull back the shovel, and then you can play it next turn and, and reuse it. The other thing I like about this is that it allows you to reuse events.
1: Yes, uh, I was about to say, actually, the way to think about recursion is often it's another copy of whatever the best card you've already used is. Too resourceful then lets me play a single Will to Survive three times, assuming I can get a successful yeah. skill test. Oh, in fact, what I could do is commit, play Will to Survive, then commit resourceful to a test I'm taking during that turn. And then I can pull Will to Survive straight back, can't I? Wow, yeah, yeah. You can you can also pull back Lucky, which I
0: think is a incredibly powerful. Especially if I've got the up- upgraded Lucky as well. Another thought I had while we're talking about Yorick is because... I mean, it's like with any survivor, they want to be discarding cards for some sort of an effect. But Yorick wants to be committing cards to test so that he has assets in his bin to to play back. And Resourceful feels like a little bit of a safety net where if you've thrown something away and then actually you need it back you can use resourceful as a way of of finding it or if you've been made to discard you've thrown some other assets away and put down the ones that you want in your rig and then you're starting to run into trouble and you go okay actually i'm you know a chill has made you discard your machete or whatever it is you can play resourceful and at least get back your shovel or at least get back another item that you've thrown.
1: Yeah, and and all of these cards let you be more aggressive when you're digging into your deck. So even if you're losing cards, because you're drawing quickly for whatever reason and having to discard, Resourceful gives you a a second bite of the cherry to play those. So I I think it's it's, it's really good. We haven't seen a huge amount of recursion, and it all seems to be focused in Survivor at the moment. But I think this this could be a staple. I, I can imagine I'd certainly put it in as one of my first cards in any Survivor Investigator. And then I'd seriously consider it in anyone who has Survivor as a secondary class.
0: Well, and I was about to say, if you include this in min, yeah, you, it's, you commit this to a test and you have a wild icon as well as one of the other
1: icons. It's a plus two to whatever test you're taking. I think it's a really nice card in min, especially if you've got some of the nice Survivor cards that she's she's discarding. Okay, so we wrap it up there. Let's. Cool. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you want to
0: find out more... Our blog is drawn to the flame podcast.blogspot.co.uk. We're on Facebook as Drawn to the Flame. We're on Twitter as Drawn to the Flame. You can also email us at drawn to the flame podcast at
1: gmail.com. Peter, where can people find you? Oh well, I'm everywhere. I'm on Twitter, uh, Reddit and Discord, anywhere else, board game geek. I'm everywhere as Unital, which is U N I T L E D. So say hello if you see me. And I'm on Twitter as
0: F B, that's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. You might find me knocking around on Facebook as well. And I'm around the places, either Zooey Glass or Zozo. So say hi to me too. Thanks very much for listening. This concludes our Path to Carcosa
1: unboxing. Brilliant. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: And as one might assume, there are only five
1: factions in Arkham. So there are five investigators. Or are there, listener? They already know there isn't, Frank, because Lolo was spoiled in the announcement article.
0: If you're the kind of listener who hasn't been keeping up with FFG announcements, okay, okay, big can spoiler can... for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> you true. You can That's cut out true. me
1: being, be, being smoked there if you want to. No, 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 I don't mind. To be fair, cutting out me being smoked might involve a very quiet podcast. (laughs) We could do that. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off
0: as you were about to say something I'm sure very witty.